Today, we're going to go through some huge changes coming to impact SEO in the next year. We're also going to talk about some things that definitely won't be changing. And most importantly, the stuff that you absolutely need to be focusing on in order to see those rankings grow over the next 12 months. Let's go. Welcome to the Exposure Ninja Digital Marketing Podcast. Welcome to the Exposure Ninja Digital Marketing Podcast. My name is Tim Cameron Kitchen. I'm Head Ninja at Exposure Ninja. We're a digital marketing agency. We help our clients get more leads and sales through their website. And that is exactly what this podcast is all about as well, helping you generate more leads and sales through your website. Now, you may or may not know, but we're also one of the best-selling SEO authors in the world. Our best-selling SEO book, How to Get to the Top of Google, has been around for almost a decade now. Wowzers. Um, and it's really popular. So what we're going to be doing in this episode is covering some of the stuff that we're expecting to see within SEO in 2023. Lots of stuff changes, lots of stuff stays the same. So we're going to look at a bit of both. Now, talking about some of the stuff that's going to change, first of all, one of the things that we've been looking at for a number of years now is AI for content writing. So artificial intelligence, content writing. Yes, it's a thing. Now, as I said, we've been testing AI content writing for actually years now. And until fairly recently, to be honest, it sucked. Well, now it's sort of reasonable and it can be useful if it's driven correctly. We are expecting to see some changes though in the next year. Basically, the AI language model, GPT-3, has allowed marketers to use AI to help with drafting content. So it's pretty useful for sort of coming up with an outline of a, you know, an article or something. You can also use it to come up with ideas for titles and so on and so on. Now it's useful and it does speed up the process slightly, but it needs a really experienced driver, as in someone who can control it and get the most out of it in order to create stuff that's actually useful. And it still requires a huge amount of human intervention to result in a finished article that's actually useful and interesting to people. Now, the release of the next generation AI language model called GPT-4 should significantly improve the quality of AI written content, therefore increasing its usage amongst marketers. Now, this is not a silver bullet. It's not a golden bullet or anything like that. What does it mean for SEO and for you? And for example, the main question people have is, does this mean that all of your competitors will be publishing vast volumes of cheaply produced super content about every topic under the sun swallowing up all your rankings and leaving you deserted, sad and naked. No, it doesn't mean that at all, luckily. Um, Google's helpful content update actually sought to penalize websites that take that sort of approach, right? Producing vast sums of content about like thinly related topics that they have no depth of knowledge or firsthand experience of, um, or publishing the sort of stuff that leaves audiences feeling dissatisfied. And there is a sort of generic feel to a lot of AI created content, which is why it takes so much human intervention and from an experienced copywriter to get really good results from AI generated content. Now, my personal read from Google's helpful content update and the direction of travel that Google is going in with this is that this is Google preparing for a world where AI content proliferates, right? Where it's ubiquitous and making sure that Google's ranking algorithms aren't gonna be too easily gameable by this sort of wave of incoming AI generated sludge fest where naughty and lazy marketers are sort of staggering towards a next software thing that 
claims to do all of their work for them while they just sit pressing a few buttons earning passive income. We know that marketers cannot be trusted with new innovations. We always, as an industry, we, we always make it bad. We use it to spam our way to oblivion, right? But here's the thing. Google knows that that is a marketer's tendency. Google knows that when we had you know, when we found out that links make a difference to rankings, what happens? Marketers spam links to oblivion. Well, Google found a way to neutralize spammy links, mostly. Google found a way to neutralize spammy content scraping where people would just publish other people's content on their site. Google found a way to neutralize almost every spammy practice that marketers have concocted and AI content generation will be no different. So regardless of the way that the content is produced, the winners in SEO will still be those marketers who create the best content. That will mean not just writing the best stuff, but also increasingly using tools like AI to generate the best content, okay? So that won't change. If you are writing the best content in your space and you're using AI to do it, fantastic, you will win. If your competitors are writing the best stuff, whether or not they're using AI to do it, they will win. The game is the same, right? All we're anticipating is that this will raise the bar. This will increase the average quality of content that companies are producing because they have access to tools like um, GPT-4-based AI writers. So that's AI content generation. That's one of the trends that we expect to continue seeing in 2023. As to its impact across the entire year, it's really difficult to predict. We don't have a timeline on when GPT-4 is coming out. We don't have a sense yet because it's not out of exactly how good it's going to be and how impactful it's going to be. So only time will tell. But one thing is for sure, this is a fascinating time to be in the world of content. Okay, the next trend that we're going to be seeing significantly this year, it's a continuation rather than something new, but this is Google search features. Okay, Google search features, this is, you know, when you type in a search on Google and whereas you used to see 10 blue links, now you're seeing video, maps, you're seeing store inventory for local stores, you're seeing featured snippets answering your questions in the search results, you're seeing business profiles, product listings, you're seeing weather, show times, journey times, times tables, right? Increasingly, Google wants to answer questions in the search results without forcing searchers to actually have to click on a website. And this means using more of these search features in the search results page, which means that Google search results looks way different than it did even a few years ago. And we see this only continuing and only increasing. So how do you take advantage of all of this change? Does this mean that fewer people are going to be going on your website? In reality, yes. <laughs> no, no nice way of saying it. in reality, it means that over time, fewer and fewer people are going to be going on your website, which is why click through rate from search has reduced. But the important thing is not to treat this as a threat to your survival at all, because all of those content snippets, all of those different features are provided by businesses, typically by businesses or creators, and you can do that. So you need to understand the types, different types of content that Google is ranking for the searches that you're targeting. So your potential customers, when they're going onto Google and they're searching for stuff, what else are they seeing other than websites in those search results? Then all you need to do is make sure you are playing that game as well. So for example, if you're not creating video for your business, you should probably consider it. We released a podcast and a video on our YouTube channel a little while ago about how we've used video marketing and it has become a really important channel for us. And it's something that very few businesses do because the barrier to creating video is really high compared to writing stuff. But that means also that when you do take that leap and when you start doing this stuff, it can work really, really well for you. So have a look at search. You'll notice that Google is using video as featured snippets. Increasingly, if you type in a search, 
you will see a video in position zero above all the organic results and Google even will have pulled out sections of the video showing you, you know, you only need to listen so you only need to watch between two minutes 45 and three minutes 15 because we think that that answers the question that you have. Okay, so that's why you see us using like chapter markers when we're creating video because that helps Google understand which part of the video to show. We're also expecting Google to continue rolling out YouTube shorts in search results. Now, in case you didn't know, this sort of short form video is designed to replicate the increase in users where people are using TikTok as their search engine. So if they want to learn how to do something in a real short snippet form, people will increasingly head to TikTok to search for that. So what Google wants to do is not lose that search traffic over to TikTok. So it's starting to use YouTube shorts more in search results in order to answer that sort of query, which is going to be something that we expect to continue. Google is putting a lot of emphasis behind YouTube shorts, the short um, uh, portrait oriented video format, getting lots of engagement on YouTube. They're really encouraging creators to move into it. So this is something that we expect to see Google continuing to prioritize as the world keeps its march towards video and in particular, the trend for short form video. We also need to make sure that you're writing featured snippetable content, right? You know, the featured snippets, the little bit of text that you see at the top of some informational search results, which just answers your question right in the search results. Well, you want to be providing that because if you're providing that, you've got a huge amount of real estate at the top of that Google search results. For example, we've got a client ranked uh, position zero for what is a smart office, okay? Generates them a lot of traffic but it also gets their brand name in front of people who are searching for that topic, which by the way, is a target customer of our client. Now, in order to get those featured snippets, you need to write featured snippetable content. <laughs> so you need to match the style of the featured snippet by if you're answering a question like, what is a smart office? You need to have a one paragraph answer usually at the top of your article, which answers that question. And Google can just take that paragraph and dump it in the search results. You also need to make sure that you're using things like um, ordered lists or tables uh, if Google is showing those in feature snippets. Of course, you also need to make sure that your page is ranking in the first place, usually on page one, because almost all featured snippets are from web pages already ranking on page one. If you do those things, you can start to pick up featured snippets and start to grab more of this space that Google is giving to other types of content on the search results. Now, of course, as I said before, all of these search features mean one thing. That is lower click-through rate for ranking websites. Means your customers having their questions answered in the search results page rather than on your website. You can play that game. You still want to get more people clicking on your website though. This means that your metas, in particular your page title and meta description, are more important than ever. You want to get people seeing your website and going, wow, you know, there's an answer. I've already got an answer in a featured snippet, but I'm going to click on that website anyway to find out even more because there's something tantalizing about your page title or your meta description. Right, so that's Google search features. The next trend that we're expecting to continue rather than start new, but it's building momentum is Google Discover. Now, Google Discover, you may not even know about this. Not everyone knows about this. The people who know about it use it loads. The people who don't, you know, don't. It's one of those typical Google products that exist and they don't do a particularly good job of sort of cross-promoting their stuff. But if you use the Google app on your phone, and I don't mean if you use Google search, I mean if you use the actual Google app, um, or if you use uh, Google mobile, so you're using Google on your mobile, um, or you use Android, you will see Google suggested content on your you know, in your app or on your home screen. And this is articles that it thinks might be interesting to you. So typically there's stuff like local news, um, there's like sports related stuff as well. It tends to favor kind of time sensitive stuff. So news, 
local stuff and sports are all quite time sensitive. But you do also get a lot of e-commerce focused content and as well B2B and service company content as well. Now, whilst this might, I think B2B and service company content is like 1% of all Google Discover um, suggested content, 1% of all of the impressions and all of the stuff that's going on with this is freaking absolutely loads. So don't sneer at it just because, you know, stuff about sport is getting even more. But getting featured in Google Discover and getting your content in front of people that haven't even searched for you is a really smart idea. This can be a great way of getting free qualified traffic. In fact, let me give you a real life example. So um, I've just bought the latest Apple Watch because I'm a total loser like that. Um, I started to research the product on Google. So I started to uh, search for Apple Watch Ultra and just find out a bit about it. Now, as soon as I did that, Google had me marked, right? Google's got a target on my forehead. This person is interested in the Apple Watch Ultra. So I then get loads. My Google uh, Discover feed is crammed full of Apple Watch Ultra content. It's people testing it. It's, you know, when's it on sale? You can get it here. All this type of stuff. Now, how much is Apple paying for any of that? It's paying absolutely none of that. So it's almost like free retargeting for someone who is interested. It's almost like when you when you run ads on YouTube, you can run ads to a, an in-market audience. This is people who want to buy the thing that you're selling, whether it's your thing or whether it's someone else. Like Google has decided that these people are in market. And it's a similar thing with Google Discover. So they use a the knowledge graph. They understand that you're interested in this particular thing and they'll show you content about that. So what's happening? Well, that's exactly what's happening. Google has taken all of the content around about this particular topic, in this case, the Apple Watch Ultra, and then it starts testing it. It starts throwing it out to users that have searched for this thing in the past, and it's looking to see what's getting people's engagement. Now, the great news about Google Discover is that the click-through rates are really high. Because Google's pretty good at anticipating what you're going to be into, average click-through rates are like 11% on this type of stuff. Okay, so it's really high. So if you can get in the game, if you can get your content recommended on Google Discover, then it can be a great thing to do. So how do you use this? Well, you want to make sure that your content is optimized for both search, so that's people actually looking for it, and browse, okay? Search and browse. Now, we're all used to writing blog posts which are optimized for search. Use your target keywords, you make sure that you're matching the intent of the user, you have something tantalizing. But when you're optimizing for browse, which is more like what we would do on YouTube, for example, where we're trying to get people to click on our stuff, even if they haven't searched for that, because we're trying to make it interesting, we're kind of trying to hook them, make sure your articles and content are optimized for search and browse. So this is making sure that you've got a high click-through rate title. Is there something tantalizing about your title? Is there something unknown in there that makes people intrigued and want to click on it? If you have a look at a lot of local, um, local publishers, local news and sports publishers, you'll see they've got a headline. It's not massively descriptive about the thing that they're saying, right? They're leaving a hole. They're leaving a curiosity gap that you kind of have to go and fill by clicking on the article. You also want to make sure that you're using compelling high resolution images with your content. So with your blogs, uh, your articles, knowledge based type stuff, even your service page, product page content can rank in browse as well. So you want to make sure you're using high resolution images, usually at least 1200 pixels wide, obviously the higher resolution, the better. So if you can do that, you can start to pick up some visibility in Google Discover. So those are the three main trends that we're seeing. We're seeing AI content generation continues to get better and we're expecting a big leap in this at some point. Uh, Google search features, so kind of mixture and mashup Google search results pages and Google Discover. Now, what about voice search, they say? What about voice search, they say? Like, people have been saying this is the year of voice search every year since, I don't know, what, 2017, 2018, 2019? I don't know. When is this the year of voice search? 
Mm. Right, guess what? The jury's still out on how useful voice search will be for monetization. Sure, you can giggle with glee. You can show your manager when you search Google Home for uh, what is a smart office. You've got your client ranked or you've got your business ranked or whatever. Great. But how does that turn into money? Yes, it's nice to hit our name read out by a Google automated assistant, but where's the money? How does that actually generate sales? Well, so far as we can tell, it doesn't, okay? So of course, voice search doesn't hurt. Being ranked in featured snippets is typically what gets you voice search results. But as for relying on voice search or having a voice search strategy, as brands started doing having a few years ago, it's no less of a joke today as it was then. By the way, if you're enjoying this episode, oh, thank you so much. Um, we do have a free website and marketing review service that you can uh, get some free help with your digital marketing with. So it's really simple. Here's how it works. You go onto our website, which is ExposureNinja.com, and you click the big button to request your free marketing review. One of our team, or we'll, well, firstly, we'll give you a questionnaire to answer, which asks you for a bit of info about your business and your marketing goals, that type of stuff. One of our team will then take a look at your digital marketing and will map you out a prioritized action plan to follow over the next six to 12 months to scale your digital marketing results, generating more leads and sales through your website, basically. Now, a couple of caveats. Firstly, this review, whilst you might be thinking, oh, yeah, this is probably great for like tiny little businesses. I can tell you, this review is being requested by some of the world's largest brands. And when I say the world's largest brands, I mean like top five largest brands have requested the Exposure Ninja free website and marketing review. So if you're thinking, yeah, my website's pretty good. I don't know what these ninjas are going to tell me. Take us for a test drive. Give us a try. See what we come up with. Because I can tell you, those brands got some great info. The other thing I should say is that sometimes people who request the review, the review isn't actually the most useful thing that we can do for them at that time. So what we'll do in those cases is we'll give them something else, which is of equivalent or higher value. So we've got like some training stuff that will give you you know, free of charge, or we'll give you some consultancy or something like that. We'll give you some other help. So the review isn't always right for everyone who requests it, but go and request it at ExposureNinja.com and we will sort you out. You'll be very happy with whatever you get. Okay, let's carry on. So those are the things that will change or that maybe won't change or are changing. What is the stuff that you should be focusing your time and energy on over the next 12 months to smash your rankings and generate more leads and sales through your site? And we have to remember that fundamentally Google does work for both the users and businesses. Google does work for users and businesses, and it works because it is stuck to some key principles and these will never change. So things like relevance, okay? Google is always gonna serve up results that are relevant. Now, how do you demonstrate relevance with your content, with your pages, with your website? You have to use the target keywords that your customers are talking about. It's that simple. How do we demonstrate relevance? We use the exact language that our audience is searching for. You cannot beat that, right? If I'm searching for Apple Watch Ultra tips and you give me a page about Apple Watch Ultra tips, bingo, you are relevant to me. That will not change. We also need to make sure we match the intent of the searches that you're targeting, okay? So if people are looking for information, if they're looking for tutorials, you need to give them information. You need to give them tutorials. If they're looking to purchase, you need to allow them to purchase. And it's very difficult to rank against intent. If people are looking for information and you're trying to give them a page where they need to buy something, a commercial page, it's very difficult to overcome that because Google is going to want to give them the page that meets their needs. So relevance is all about using the phrases, using the language that your customers are using, and of course, matching intent. The next thing that will never change is quality. Now, I know quality is such a, a sort of massive topic with search. How do we make sure we're serving up quality to get ranked? Well, of course, 
as publishing content becomes maybe slightly easier or very different using AI, the bar is just going to raise. The bar for quality is just going to get higher. So as well as publishing the best information that you possibly can, you need to make sure your website is truly world-class. The experience has to be world-class. It needs to be fast loading, mobile friendly, make sure you're on the right side of Core Web Vitals. But you also need to build your visibility online. And I don't mean just your business, but also potentially the people who are writing or the, the faces that are writing the content on your site. And by faces who are writing the content on your site, I mean, who is the content attributed? When you write an article, who is that attributed to? Is it attributed to someone in your business that actually has a big profile, that actually has a bit of a personal brand? Because Google is looking to emphasize this EAT, emphasize expertise, authority, and trust. And doing this, building the visibility of the people who are posting on your website to boost their EAT could help content that's attributed to that person rank better on Google. In fact, one of the focuses of many of the award-winning SEO and content marketing campaigns that we run is digital PR. And often we're using digital PR to build the visibility of a company figurehead in order to show Google and the company's audience, of course, that this person is a bona fide expert. Now, we also have to think about where this EAT is coming from and how Google actually uses it, right? Just, let me just get a little bit into the background of how Google ranks stuff. So Google has search quality raters. One of the ways that Google teaches its algorithms to rank the best websites is by paying over 10,000 of these search quality raters to basically read this big guide that Google has put together about what makes a great website. These search quality raters then have to sit in front of a whole bunch of websites and rate them on how useful they are, how much do they match the intent of the search, um, how trustworthy are they. And what they're doing here is they are teaching the algorithm what to look for, right? They're programming Google search algorithms, their ranking algorithms, to use the same criteria that Google has set. And these search quality raters, they're using this guide that has a really heavy emphasis on learning and researching who is behind a website, who is behind content and understanding this person or this company's topical expertise. So if we think about that chain of events, what's happened? Well, Google's put together this guide that says it's really important that good high authority websites are written by really well-respected people in an industry or well-established companies in an industry. These search quality raters are then using that guide to rate particular websites. And this rating process is used to program Google's ranking algorithms. So this is massive, right? This is how Google wants to reward. This is how Google wants to measure and reward quality. So we need to make sure we're on the right side of that. Make sure that you're building the authority of the people on your website. And of course, make sure you're building the authority of your brand, which includes links and mentions. It's crazy to me that backlinks are still important in 2023, but they are, okay? They still are. Until we come up with something better, I thought maybe it was going to be clout back in the day. It's not going to be clout. Um, but until there's something better, until there's some better uh, measurement of a site's authority than links, links will continue to be important. So you still need to be focusing on building links. Quality signals on your website as well. So other quality signals on your website are things like, you know, credibility triggers that we talk about when we're talking about conversion rate optimization, testimonials, case studies, reviews, particularly from third party review sites. All of these build the impression that Google has of quality about your site. So those are the things that won't change. Relevance, quality, and of course, in relevance, we've also got context. If you can give the best quality information 
that's relevant for the topic that someone's searching for and has the right context, it meets the needs of exactly what they're looking for. That is the sort of thing that Google is going to rank and reward in 2023 and beyond. So I hope you found this useful. I hope you've enjoyed some of the, uh, the trends and things to look out for in the next year. If you have, please consider subscribing, following whatever interaction you want to do with this podcast on the podcast platform that you're listening on. And please do leave us a rating as well. We love reading through them. I spent a bit of time reading through the ones on iTunes the other day and absolutely freaking loved it. So thank you for the ego boost. Until next time, see you soon.